Jersey Governor Chris Christie has taken himself out of the running to be the permanent White House Chief of Staff. Also taking Chris Christie out of the running, side cramps. That's, uh, wow. The man's girthy. He's a man of larger carriage. <laughs> There's no reason to mock him for that. He's an eminent leader. And, exactly. Uh, you know. Uh, we were just talking yeah. about vaping and how the, um, the the numbers are through the roof, and it's the biggest increase in using a substance among seniors they think that has never ever happened in one year. As a high school teacher, I can tell you, says this texture, that before vaping began, I had very few students who smoked or used pot. Now that vaping exists, I would venture to say that maybe half of my students vape. Most of those vape nicotine. Mm, okay. The kids vape a jewel pod per day in many cases. Have you ever known a two-packs-a-day freshman in high school? Five years ago, I'd said no to that question. Now I can unequivocally answer yes. Uh, A jewel pot is 27 cigarettes worth of nicotine, and a lot of kids do two-packs-a-day worth. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, What's the uh, functional uh, reality of that? Are the kids super twitchy? Are they super attentive? They're like, give us more to learn. Give us more to learn. So you're thinking maybe it's a good thing? They learn better? Well, I don't know. pro-vaping. I've known, I've known a number of people who believe they're a little sharper after they have a cigarette. And, you know. yeah, I'm not sure that trade-off would be good over your, your oh, life. No, no, no. I'm not suggesting it. I'm just curious what the, uh, you know, the function is. God the dang it. When we were making so much headway on the whole cigarette thing, any doctor would tell you the two things you want to do if you want to live a long time, have good genetics and don't smoke. Those are the main two things. Smoking, right. smoking still kills a, kills a half a million people a year. Um, and 60 Minutes mentioned this last night because the same guy who was trying to bring down a big opioid brought down big tobacco to a certain extent. And he talked about how many lives have been saved or how many fewer deaths there are to cigarette smoking year by year by year by year by year after the big judgments in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to start turning around and going the other direction maybe because of vaping. That really sucks. But will we? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. Well, nobody knows. Right. This is, we're, we're new to all this, but. Because the uh, does vaping uh, nicotine raise your blood pressure? Does it harden your arteries? Does it, you know, does it cause tend to cause cancers? I don't know this, and everybody's acting like it does, and that it's just it's the new smoking. Well, if the new smoking doesn't have the downside of the the old smoking, we need a can we get an expert on on vaping, please? Somebody just not like an alarmist weenie. Somebody just texted, and I have no idea if they have any idea what they're talking about, but they texted nicotine's about as bad as caffeine. Is it just a different drug that the only downside of it is you're addicted to it? The only downside, I've heard doctors say this, to being addicted to caffeine is you're addicted to caffeine. Mm. You're really just, you know, and the reason we all do it is because it kind of gives us a little energy jolt when we need it. Maybe nicotine could be the same thing. Which reminds me of the day uh, of surgery, and I know I talked to you that it was a a week ago today, uh, December 10th, the day that we'll live in infamy. (laughs) In which, uh, because of the need to stop morons from wolfing down a ham sandwich 10 minutes before their surgery, they give you these... I'll finish this sandwich before I go in. There's plenty of time for cutting. Mm, and the chips, too. Um, they give you these uh, ridiculously uh, overly long and overly cautious. You can't have so much as a sip of water. You can't chew a stick of gum. You can't have anything for 12 hours before your surgery, which there is no medical necessity for that. 
Um, but it clearly exists to protect the hospital against, well, uh, my client was given mixed messages. He was right. told that he could have clear liquids four hours before, and so he ate a ham sandwich ten minutes before. <laughs> and, and some jury... And it's your fault. Right, exactly. And some jury, remember, wherever there is uh, terror over liability, there is a legitimate fear that some fast-talking lawyer and a jury full of half-wits is going to agree... And, and, and hit a hospital with, you know, a $100 million settlement or whatever, or, or you know, <clears throat> fine or penalties. What do they call it? Damages. Um, so anyway, there I am Monday morning. I can't sip any water. I can't have any coffee. And I can't eat anything. And that was part of the reason I came on the show for quite a, a chunk of time was I just needed to do something. Because I was like walking around my house, I was haunting it like a ghost. And I'd pass by Judy's iced tea and say, I'll grab a sip of the No, no, can't do that. Did you actually make that noise walking around the house? Ooh. There are some graham crackers. Oh, no, can't eat that or I'll be dead. Then I'll actually be haunting the place. But that was a long morning, man. Oh, boy. Did I want some coffee? Hell yeah. Yeah. Being addicted to coffee is only a problem when you can't get the coffee. If you can get the coffee, it's fine. On the other hand, they wheeled me into the operating room and uh, and, and swapped out a big old chunk of me for a, a new super high-tech chunk of me and, and did so safely and with a minimum discomfort. It's not the sort of thing I would want to do on a weekly basis, but it's not been horrible. Just challenging. Um, and 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 everybody was was cool and nice and super professional and it was it was good. Did you expect them to mock you and poke you with sticks or? No, not exactly. I was, you know what? I w- I went in kind of neutral in my expectations. I knew my surgeon was great because I looked into I looked into him. I asked people who would know. I did some research and 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 the dude is rock rock solid. Really good at his job and and uh, he's one of those people who's really into being good at his job, uh, which is great. Um, and he was, and, and the emergency room crew, and I think I described this the next day when I accidentally woke up in time for the opening of the show, the the NASCAR pit crew in the, I said emergency room, I meant the operating room. When, I, when they wheeled me in there, these guys started whirling around me and hooking up this and doing that and checking that and moving that. And There was one guy on each arm. I mean, it was it was great. It was as if I'm some sort of cyborg superhero, and and time was of the essence. Um, <laughs> and 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 I at one point I I started quizzing them on what they were doing, who was who, and the rest of it. And they turned out to be uh, completely charming guys too. I mean, funny and into their jobs, and it was just fun. It was great. Again, I wouldn't want to do it every week, but it was like the world's greatest behind the scenes tour. We're going to take you into an operating room as if you were on the table. But I was. And, you know, and, and got to ask questions and stuff like that. So, overall, you know what? Pretty positive experience. When will you be that back on the dance floor? Oh, gosh. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I was whining about how they tell you you probably shouldn't drive for a month. Now I get it. Um, I can't move my right leg super fast. You can't drive for a month. Yeah, yeah, and and partly it's a safety thing. You know what they explained to me uh, that I found really they interesting. Get sued, yeah, back to that. Well, no, probably no. I, I don't. Well, that may be part of it, but the other part of it is, you know, if something happens on the road, it happens quickly. Like you today, were driving at excessively high speeds. I got pulled over for speeding today by right. a law enforcement officer, and I deserved it. 
And after a full cavity, body cavity search and right. a bit of a baton massage, you were turned loose. <laughs> At least in my ideal world, that's what would happen. Uh, but if something's going to happen, it's going to happen quickly. And you've got to move that right leg rather decisively to the brake pedal. And it's going to be a while before I do that. Uh, but you know what they uh, described to me, what my physical therapist who's coming over in a little while was talking about. You ever known anybody who says they got a trick knee? Mm-hmm. Um, and they'll be like, they'll be walking along, then they'll take a bad step, and it's like, oh, oh man, went out on me. And he explained what that is, usually. And the long and short of it is, your brain knows you have a part that doesn't work, and once in a while, you'll step in such a way that your brain tells you, uh uh-uh, wrong, you're about to blow it out. That weakened part is about to, I'm not going to let you put your weight on it right now. Interesting. And it's instantaneous and it's unconscious. And so the problem is with a guy like me who got a hip customization, because replacement makes me sound old, um, my hip customization is there will be times I think, no problem, I'll just step over the edge of the shower and something will happen. My brain will say, nope, not that high, can't let you lift it that high. And that is when I will catch my toe on the shower and go headlong and experience a horrific injury that will require uh, lots of steel and pins and surgery and uh, a changed life. So that's what you're afraid of going forward. It's the sudden, your brain saying, "Uh uh-uh, because it comes with no warning. I would try to avoid that. Yeah, I'm going to, believe me. Uh, The other thing, uh, I'm using a walker now. I've got to go everywhere with my walker. And uh, I realized a walker is not designed to allow you to walk, at least after the first day or two, because I can walk on my own now. Um, it's to prevent you from falling. Sure. It's a pair It's a pair of parallel bars you take everywhere. Um, and yeah, because you see people using walkers all the time. It doesn't look like they need them. Well, they don't need them as long as they don't fall. They need right. them if they start to fall. And it's not a look I would call sexy uh, or impressive, shuffling along with my walker. Probably not. But, but I get it. Yeah. I get it. Got to do it. Um, I got some poll numbers for you, some from CNN that are good news for Trump, the way I read them, some from uh, Wall Street Journal NBC that don't look like good news from Trump. They're kind of, uh, we'll take a look at both of those. And have you seen the the tomb that they just discovered in Egypt? No, I just read about it. Completely untouched for 4,400 years. Want to get down there under the sand for 4,400 years, and they just opened it up, and it looks like it was painted yesterday. Wow. It's really cool. Wow, they probably went with the uh, the semi-gloss, because that holds up better. <laughs> wow, it's a big cane? Somebody important? I want to hear yeah, all about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh? Stay tuned. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. of this kind in many decades, 4,400-year-old Egyptian tomb, unopened for 4,400 years, discovered under the sand, and they opened it up and went in there, and now news cameras are in there. This story plays much better in pictures than it does words, because the pictures are just amazing. The stuff looks like it's 
you know, recently, it's the sort of hieroglyphics you've seen before of Egyptians working on in various things and stories being told through pictures, but it looks amazing. From my lifetime of consuming movies like The Mummy and Indiana Jones, the one thing I know for sure, if you see some sort of, like, uh, like a vase or some sort of thing, that's, you got to open it right away. Mm-hmm. And then just whatever happens, happens. We'll figure that out. But, you know, open it right away. Let out all the details. <laughs> But it's pretty darn cool. I don't know how I feel about it. It's unopened for 4,400 years. Would be be excited to be the first person to pry open that thing? Or would you think, gosh, should I just leave it alone? I don't know. Probably giving too much feeling to an inanimate object to leave it alone. It's like when they discover these tribes that have never seen been seen before. Shouldn't you just leave them alone? Let them be, do their thing? I've got shirts that I've owned for like 18 months that haven't held up as well as the <laughs> those wall paintings have. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool and all kinds of uh all kinds of treasures in there. I don't know if they'll start excavating that and putting it in a museum or what will happen there in Egypt, but make a strip mall. Uh we'll 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 link a good picture site at armstrongandgetty.com if you want to check that out. I'm going to I'm going to show it to my kids, I know that. So some polling that has come out, CNN's got a poll, NBC's got a poll. I'll start with the CNN poll. This is the most favorable to Trump, no doubt. And again, it's from CNN. Should Trump be impeached among all voters? In September, it was 47%. It is now 43%. It has actually gone down a tick Hmm. for voters who think that Trump should be impeached. Now, this poll was taken before the middle of last week and there were some developments but there are developments constantly i mean there are developments oh. the, i'll tell you you watch brian williams two nights out of three and he says this may be the day that will long be remembered as the beginning of the end of the trump presidency <laughs> he said that at least 200 times in the last two years he'll so eventually well. be right eventually he'll be right exactly but but so there's been a lot of developments in the last couple of weeks and it's gone down a tick among independents it's gone down a lot should trump be impeached it was 48% in September. It's now 36%. So it's gone from almost half down to around a third of independents think Trump should be impeached. I well, find that interesting. These are numbers that Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer are acutely aware of. Of course. They're the only numbers they care about. Justice don't enter into their consideration. So close the door. As far as I'm concerned, and those, unless those numbers change radically, there's no way Nancy's going to let it happen. You would think. How about Nancy Pelosi's maneuver, uh, was it on Friday, where she announced, um, I will step down in four years. That was a, go ahead, vote for me, make me speaker, but I'll only do it for four years and then I'll step down. Which, when you're 97 or whatever she is, I don't know what kind of guarantee that is. But Yeah, yeah. not only that, but it, it reminds me of what we always say about presidential elections. At some point, it comes down to a choice. And if in four years... She can say, I said I would step down, but the country is in a... Spe- the, the, the Trump administration has brought us to the brink of... And she'll make some rationale, and then it comes down to politics. And, and, and her vows of today won't mean a thing. Surely in four years she'd be too old to be the speaker again, you would think. Well, she's too old now. Well, but that, yeah. The NBC poll that is out, Wall Street Journal NBC, they pair together from the, these polls, 62% say Trump has not been completely honest about the investigation into Russian interference in the 2016 election. I think that's interesting because 62% of people say that in the same survey he's got a, what's his approval rating? I think it's 42%. Yeah, 42%. So you got a, you know, you got a chunk of people out there who don't think he's been completely uh, honest about the Russia thing, but uh, still support him or give him the favorability mark. Sure. Yeah, I, I get that. I think you've got to allow for a certain percentage that 
Well, a certain percentage of what the president has spun being concerned that he's not seen as a legitimate president, but it wasn't uh, an out-and-out effort to mislead or obfuscate or anything. It was just spin. Uh, And then you got those of us who think, well, yeah, maybe he doesn't want to admit that he didn't think he would win and was therefore going after business in Moscow and everywhere else on earth as hard as he could right up to the election. That'd be an uncomfortable truth. So maybe he's not being entirely honest about that, but... It doesn't affect, you know, how I feel about his legitimacy or his, uh, you know, his performance as president. They're kind of different questions. These numbers are dumb, and uh, and uh, and and it's an apples and oranges. But here they are. Just it says just in this uh, uh, writing of it. I wouldn't use just, but thirty-eight percent say they would probably or definitely vote for Trump if he seeks a second term. Thirty-eight percent, while fifty-two percent say they'd probably or definitely vote for a Democrat. So you're putting up an imaginary Democrat without any of the flaws being pointed out against an actual human being. I've been watching this my whole life. That is never a fair comparison. You can't compare a person against an imaginary, you know, candidate representing a party. They never beat that. Yeah, I I almost want to say here's one for the well ah, I got saggy mic syndrome. Oh no! Sorry to hear that. It, it's because I'm taking a lot of drugs, a lot of narcotics. I got to replace this mic stand. Um, it's almost you want to say here's one for the kids because only a child would see that number and think it was of any significance. Like you say, all right, here is an actual human being, a flawed human being, controversial one. We're going to put him up against uh, an imaginary combination of Jesus of Nazareth, George Washington, and John F. Kennedy. Uh, Which one would you vote for? Because everybody has some imaginary, wonderful candidate in mind when they say, yeah, I'd vote for the Democrat. Yeah, that's been Joe Biden's line forever in elections. Don't compare me against God Almighty. Compare me against an actual candidate who's running, which is a reasonable thing to say. Um, uh, Democrats as a whole, 39% favorable view. Republicans, 32% favorable view. So D's at 37. People asked about Democrats in general. Do you view them favorably? Yeah. Okay. Uh, 39% for the D's, 32% for the R's. Yeah. Well, these things ebb and flow. Sure. And the party in power usually gets lower grades than the party out of power as we go back and forth with this weird, if the other party were just in charge, everything would be fine. Uh, illusion. Right. I think it's interesting that both parties are in the 30s. Uh, It seems a little high to me. (laughs) Uh, I'd like to see it lower than that. Trump's job seem more discontent. Go ahead. Trump's job approval in the Wall Street Journal NBC poll stands at 43%. That's re-electing levels. It absolutely is. And just you take in the mainstream media and all the articles in the New York Times about, you know, Meals to eat during this awful time with Trump as the dictator, you would think, you know, here's someone that's, or watch Saturday Night Live, that is universally loathed by everyone. He's still at 43% approval rating. Here's a list of bath oils that can really soothe you during these difficult Trump times. Right. Uh, What you got coming up in your news, Marshall? Obamacare declared unconstitutional, so what is next? We got a new report on the extent of Russia's social media meddling in our politics and Elon Musk has another big unveil set for this week. We'll give you a preview. I can't wait to hear that. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. You know, the 
main reason I got pulled over by the police this morning on the way to work for right. speeding. Uh, one was because I was speeding and I was going way too fast in the rain, and I, I deserved to be. It pulled wasn't over. the limo tint on the uh, on the passenger windows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what I did, and I, uh, Joe and I know from doing ride-alongs. This is one of your unforgivable sins when you're driving, and he completely right. I passed him speeding. And what that is, that's an acknowledgement that you're not paying attention. Yeah. Oh, boy. And that is, you know, that's unforgivable. And it is. I, I deserve to be pulled over because that's just saying, not only am I driving fast, I'm not even paying attention. Um, which is super uncool. Either that or you're just thumbing your nose at the officer of the law. Yeah, well, I'm going to scoff at the law in front of you. Unless you like high-speed chases, it's hard to imagine <laughs> doing that. But it is definitely a, you're not you're not paying attention to your, your surroundings. And um, I tried to do that, and I wasn't doing it today, and I deserve to be pulled over. Well, I hope they put you in the Supermax. I mean, they're really high. Like with the Unabomber? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, the Unabomber, and me. And you. Um, let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. All right. Don't expect any changes in health coverage under Obamacare after a federal judge ruled that it is unconstitutional. Government officials say the Affordable Care Act will be appealed through higher courts, and that's going to take months, if not at least a year. U.S. District Court Judge Reed O'Connor agreed with a group of 20 states uh, with Republican governors or legislatures that argued the constitutionality of the law's individual mandate dissolved when Congress removed the tax penalty for the uninsured. Well, we've been arguing about this for 10 years now, 11 years, on whether or not the government can force you to get health care. I would say no, but, you know, it's been decided in a bunch of different courts, including the Supreme Court, with a weird workaround. Right. And it's been around for a long time. I don't know. I, did they catch a judge that just hates Obamacare? Do you, you think that's what happened? I don't know. But, again, as Joe says, you can always find one federal judge somewhere who yeah. may uh, give you the ruling you like. Well, and somebody asked him the specific question. Yes. Of how do you reconcile yeah. this Hall of Mirrors? The original intent of the law and the fact that it rested on the individual mandate, then you uh, eliminate the individual mandate, so it's no longer a tax bill that originated in the House. And, and you know, on that narrow point, I think he's right. Nobody cares. Right. It's, it's all such a, right. you know, it's a... Well, it's a hall of mirrors. Nobody actually knows what it is, and nobody, everybody's throwing up their hands, and nobody's going to fix it. Have a report put together by private researchers and expected to be released today by the Senate Intelligence Committee that says active and ongoing Russian interference operations still exist on social media platforms. It goes on to say the Russian operation discovered after the 2016 presidential election was much broader than one spot. That report was put together with data provided from Facebook, Twitter, and Alphabet, the parent company of Google, along with another report expected to be released. It provides the first really comprehensive analysis of Russian interference on social media before or beyond what the companies themselves have admitted to. Now, this is being presented by a lot of news outlets as proof that the Russians wanted Trump to win. I think the more reasonable way to look at it is, like every other person on Earth, they were certain Hillary was going to win, and they were doing everything they could to damage her and help Trump to monkey with our with our work. Unless, you know, they come across some deal that Trump was going to give Putin, I don't know, all our missiles back or something. But so far, that has never existed. Right. They, they were trying to damage the person that was going to be the incoming president, and then they did a good job of it. Yep. The report says there are still some live accounts 
tied to the original Internet Research Agency named in an indictment from Robert Mueller in February that ran an expansive social media campaign intended to influence the election. Some of those accounts are still live, still in operation. That reminds me, we got to get to some of the China stuff that was uh, found out over the weekend. Man, that is one nasty, scary country. They're the ones we really got to be worried about and uh, messing around with, with our economy, messing around with, with, well, with everything. Yeah, never mind the 50-foot waves on the West Coast. Let's not turn our back on China. I China! Really, that's right, Mr. <laughs> President. Let's talk about it next. Elon Musk's transportation system aimed to reduce traffic in Los Angeles is set to launch. He tweeted a picture over the weekend of the Boring Company's underground tunnel with a light at the end of it, uh-huh. as well as a December 18th date at the bottom. Limited details have been released, but Musk had tweeted earlier this month that tomorrow will be more than a tunnel opening. It will debut the autonomous transport cars and car elevators that he will be using. And so what day is that going to happen? That's tomorrow. Okay. December 18th. We'll be talking about that. Indeed. And the Eagles managed to soar to a 30-23 to win over the Rams on Sunday night football in L.A. Nick Foles starting in place the injured Carson Wentz. Ball up the middle. He's in. Smallwood spins into the end zone for the touchdown. He's my favorite <laughs> play-by-play man in the world. Yes. He drops back to pass. He whirls. He delivers. <laughs> he got a bit of a vampire thing going there. Right? Just a little bit. Yeah. Play it again. Play it again. He's in. spins into the end zone for the touchdown. And it closes his virgin neck to me. The Bengals beat the Raiders 30-16. Uh, it was the Niners over the Seahawks 26-23 to in overtime. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. I got a question for you, Sean. You mentioned earlier in the show that you did or are going to do some open mic stand-up comedy. Uh, I went to go do open mic last night. Uh, weather tamped down attendance, so it was okay. postponed. I'll be uh, making another attempt, I believe, actually tonight. Yeah. How much attendance there has to be before it's worth going up on stage and telling a couple of, couple uh, of jokes? At least one audience member needs to show up. Oh, there was yeah. nobody there. Yeah, yeah, it was, so, uh, so if you're, yeah, you're not accomplishing anything if they're... I mean, I was still willing to go. I, you know, I'm just trying to get the, you know, comedic push-ups for a metaphor sure. of just get up there sure. and kind of regroove that. But there that was habit. literally no one else there? Yeah, that that is correct, yeah. Oh, I, boy. I have played music in front of people, and I have tried to be funny in front of people. And to me, trying to be funny in front of people is way more terrifying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, just... I don't know. You've done it before. When it doesn't work, it's just... But it's, it mostly at these open mic nights, it's, other, it's supportive people. Isn't it other people that are trying to figure um, out how to do it? Yeah, it's it's mostly warm. You know, you don't get a lot of hecklers at the open you mics. You suck! Um, <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, you're up next. You just wait. <laughs> and while the atmosphere is certainly supportive amongst the other comedians, it's not like the other comedians are, you know, just getting ready to laugh their heads off at any sort of half-funny joke. You know, you still got to work for the laughs. Yeah, I've done a lot of open mic music nights, and it, it's it, people are supportive because they're also, mm-hmm. you know, amateurs just looking for a chance to do their thing. But it's also just sometimes completely quiet, like you left no impression whatsoever. <laughs> and part of the, the most fun part to me is, you know, after the sets are all done and you kind of you bump into a comic that you, that you a comic, somebody else who is doing an open mic stuff, and then you, you kind of bounce tags off, you help each other out with their jokes. Cool. Hey, have you thought about going this way? Or, you know, and just kind of that creative process is, is part of the enjoyment for me as well. 
everybody should do more of this sort of thing. Yeah, stick with it, Sean. You're stretching. You're 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 courting failure, which is the surest sign you're on your way to something successful. Yeah. Oh yeah, I I am under no delusions that I'm good at stand up comedy yet, but. Being enjoying the struggle of getting better is something that I'm actually. What's enjoying. amazing is, and this is what everybody needs to realize, I suppose, with lots of different stuff, um, even the people that are good at it and make their living at it, when they're trying out new stuff, it often doesn't work. Uh, similar to musicians, you know, mm-hmm. great musicians make crappy music sometimes. It's it's just part of the deal. You have to be willing to throw it out there and work on it. Yeah, rough estimates. Uh, next year, I'm going to try to do one a week at least. Cool. I'll probably take, you know, I'll miss some here or there, but I'm going to try to do around 50, 50 sets next year. I would Admirable. Just, I would try to say something. Nobody would laugh. I'd stand up there. I'd cry. <laughs> try to explain it. No, no, don't you get like... I'd just put my head in my hands and cry. I'd blame the audience. I can't send these at them. Can't use dumb bleepers. <laughs> my family blamed on the audience. My family would shake their head and walk out. <laughs> these jokes are too good for you freak. Morons. <laughs> Wasting my talent. China is doing something worse than anything that uh, that I had read about recently. I don't know how the world is not more aware of this. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Streetlights along the highway, throwing shadows in the dark. And memories keep on turning to the rhythm of a prayer. He's reported that the Boy Scouts of America are considering filing for bankruptcy in the face of declining membership. Yeah, apparently there's some problem with their business model of hoping parents will pay adult strangers to take their children deep into the woods. You know, I hate the demise of the Boy Scouts story. That just it really hurts my heart. Yeah, it's no definitely kidding. not good for America that that is happening. Yeah, it's a symptom. It's a canary in the coal mine, if you will. No doubt. Is there poison gases uh, about? So, uh, China. We've been talking a lot about China lately uh, on the air and during our uh, long-form podcast that we did recently. And there's all kinds of problems with China in, uh, and, and recognition that they are there. There are current and future. No, oh, God bless you, my boy. Thank you. Our current and future enemy. I mean, our real threat to being the top dog is China, right? Mm-hmm. Not Russia. This story over the weekend got my attention. How about forced labor camps? Uh, didn't know this was happening. Well, nobody knew this was happening. They don't like the Muslims there in China because they believe in religion, and you don't believe in religion in the communist system, and particularly not radical Islam. Oh, yeah, yeah. There are 12 million uh, Muslims in China, in one particular area of China, Xinjiang, and when you got 1.3 billion people, 12 million is a pretty small minority. But that's a lot of people. They now have hundreds of thousands of Muslims working in forced labor camps 
according to satellite documentation and uh, and papers that have leaked out of China that we were unaware of prior to now. Hundreds of thousands of Muslims working in forced labor camps. Yeah, very of, Soviet Union-like. A lot of this has been known. I've been working this desk, but it, now our government is admitting to it and, and saying out loud what's happening. It's... It's re-education camps straight out of the Soviet Union. There can only be one allegiance. That is to the party. That is how socialism has to work. And right, these are fairly devout Muslim people, and they see it as a threat to the regime. So they're working them to death, torturing them to death, or if they come around, they'll turn you loose. Hundreds of thousands that first you're forced to renounce your religion, and then you work in a uh, you know a labor camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's incredible that that is happening on planet Earth. With uh, without much discussion or or that much scrutiny, really, in the, in the modern world. And what I wonder is, is radical Islam going to stop worrying about the big bad United States and turn their attention toward China, which would be a good thing. That'd be a good thing, wouldn't it? It'd be an interesting thing. But how does that not happen? Wouldn't well, you, it, you know, I it, wouldn't, you, I wouldn't the great Satan become the country that's imprisoning your people? Well, right, sure. We're not doing that in the United States. Well, and I don't think one need be a radical Muslim to think this is uncool. Sure. Of course, China's been persecuting Christians forever, and Falun Gongers and the rest of it. Uh, There's another story I had from China, just I want to jam it in. The the, uh, Nobel Prize winning novelist from a couple of years ago, you might remember him. He's got a a novel coming out here soon about the current um, Xi-era China. And he was supposed to do a, a talk in Hong Kong at a bookstore, and it got canceled. Uh, and he believed it was under pressure from mainland China that they not allow him to speak. He finally did get a chance to speak, but bookstores in Hong Kong that have allowed him and others like him to speak in recent years, they have disappeared and their bookstores closed down. The people that own the stores just disappeared. Nobody knows where they are. Right. How about that yeah. in Hong Kong? Yeah. Well, you know, the moment the Brits gave up Hong Kong, it was going to be a slow march toward totalitarianism in every way. And, and we're getting closer and closer to that. It, the only way for a socialist system to work, because people will only work for two reasons. One is to gain a reward, and two is to avoid punishment. And the only way for a socialist system to work, uh, whether it's, you know, uh, the Chinese system or one a little more Western, the only way for it to work is to have such an enormous regime of punishments and 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 hard tactics that people are afraid to go outside the system. When and they're we, good at it in China. When are we going to fully wake up to Xi being the baddest man on earth and not Putin? How long is that going to take? He needs a better publicist. Yeah, apparently. Here's your host, Joe Getty. Hey, let's get a final thought from everybody on the squad. Uh, Marshall Phillips, lead us off. All right, I am getting ready to go home and rotate my Christmas scratchers for unveiling on Thursday. If I win with the tip of the hat to PETA, I'll bring home the bagels. Okay. I like the sound of that. <laughs> Remember, they wanted you not yes. to say bacon. bacon. Oh, that's a bit of a long recent. Oh, okay. Uh, positive Sean, I don't want you to say that. Besides, when I buy bagels, I get the senior discount. <laughs> <laughs> Well, in a first for the region, a 4,000-year-old board game was discovered, uh, and they're calling it Hounds and Jackals. Uh, although it's unclear what the specific rules of this 4,000-year-old board game are, give me two days and I guarantee I'll beat anybody here at it. <laughs> Hounds and Jackals, fun on a rainy afternoon. Uh, Michelangelo, final thought? 
Yeah, it's one week before Christmas, so those of you that got your Christmas tree too early, your tree is now fully flammable, so be very careful. Oh, my mine is. Uh, let's see. Oh, it's uh, Jack, the co-host. Jack, what's your final Yeah, thought? I got pulled over by law enforcement for speeding today. First time I'd been pulled over in, geez, a very, very long time. Um, and he was right, and I was wrong, and I, I, I actually feel like it was law enforcement working the way it's supposed to, letting me know I've gotten a little too far to this edge, and I'm going to swing it back this direction and be safe for everybody. My final thought is that uh, my post-operative period has reminded me a great deal of infancy. Not that I remembered it, but I will be feeling 100%. I'll be smiling. I'll be cooing. I'll be in a great frame of mind. 30 seconds later, I'm asleep. 45 seconds after that, I'm crying, I'm angry, and Fill your pants. seem really concerned about whether I'm pooping or not. Oh, really? Yeah. Gotcha. Oh, wow. So that is part of it. The actual yeah. baby part of it. Do you use a bottle? Well, you kind of. More or less. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. Wine so many people. Thanks for a little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. You can email us. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Do you anticipate being with us tomorrow? Yes, absolutely. Fantastic. We will see you then. God bless America. This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over. The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get yeah, we apologize for our stupidity, and we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you, and good night. Because the show's over. What? Bye-bye. Also taking Chris Christie out of the running, side cramps. Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.